Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What is up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here, and welcome to the New Man Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we got a really interesting episode today, and you know, special shout out to my Tuesday group. You guys know who you are uh, because you guys uh, are the first people to know about even the podcast I was recording this week. Um, somebody asked, like, "Hey, what episodes are coming out?" and um, yeah, it was really interesting just uh, seeing your guys' results, but I don't know, just the encouragement you guys showed me is getting me through these recordings. So special shout out to you guys. Much love to you all. Hope you're having phenomenal days. And if you're not in my Tuesday group, you really should. I mean, you're missing out, but uh, we'll forgive you and, uh, and we hope you're having an amazing day as well. We are talking about a really interesting subject today and a subject that will require a little bit of context, some of which has been provided in a previous episode and um, I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. <clears throat> but basically, uh, we had an interesting conversation in, in one of our groups. It wasn't the Tuesday group that I just gave a shout out to, but um, a different one. Um, and we were having a conversation about physical touch. And the context was the love languages. So uh, again, I, I will put a link in the show notes to a previous episode we did on the love languages. But, but just to give a little bit of context, Dr. Gary Chapman coined this concept of the love languages, uh, gosh, maybe 30 to 40 years ago. He has been around for a very long time. The love languages is a tool that was helping people in their relationships. It was helping people uh, at work. It was helping people at, in marriage. It was helping all across the board because people were essentially finding out what was required for them to feel loved, which if you've been married or you've been in any kind of committed relationship, you'll know how valuable that information can be. Uh, we, all we really want to do is to ensure that our significant others feel loved by us. And yet it's amazing how sometimes the things that we do instinctively are not what they want or not what they need to feel loved. And so they end up feeling less loved than they really are. So, you know, Dr. Chapman's idea was absolutely revolutionary. And if you look on Amazon, I mean, this guy has sold a lot of his books. And I heard him on a podcast interview, I don't know, maybe two years ago. And he said that every year since the book came out, um, which I, I'm realizing now my time frame is not quite right. I, don't, I think the book has been out for maybe 20 years. And I think he started trying or experimenting with his ideas about 30 years ago, if, if I got that right. Um, but he, basically each year he outsells his previous. So it's not like the book had a little blip and a, a bit of a flash in the pan kind of thing. And now, you know, people know his name and whatever, but you know, the book is history. No, the book is selling more copies every single year. So this is a major concept. And basically there are five love languages he's identified. Their quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts, and physical touch. And our responsibility is to get our needs met, to, to get our love tank filled, so to speak, using these different avenues. 
And every single person has their own profile of which avenues they prefer relative to the others. So for me, I'm like, um, I think they actually do the rating system differently. I'll have to take the test again. But they used to have a grading system where it was like a, a scale of 1 to 12, I think. 12 was like, you really require this language to feel loved. And a 1 was like, this does nothing for you. And I was like a 10 for quality time, 10 words of affirmation. And I think, I don't know, like a 6 or a 5 for acts of service and uh, gifts and physical touch was like a 1. It was something like that. Now, a lot of guys are like, well, I know my love language is physical touch. That's not how it works, okay? Just because you're horny doesn't mean physical touch is one of your top love languages. Sorry. Um, there is a, there's a science to this. There, there's a process. And even guys who have, you know, um, I don't know, high libido doesn't necessarily mean that physical touch is the way they actually feel loved in a kind of meaningful, healthy, safe, connected kind of way. So there's lots of facets to this concept and Gary Chapman is, he is the expert because he designed this whole system and this whole concept. But we got talking in a group recently about what to do when uh, physical touch is your primary love language and you're single. Because the, the basic premise as far as like how you get your love tank filled is the areas that are uh, higher ranking so for me, it would be quality time and words of affirmation. What you want to teach the people around you is that these are the things that are required for you to feel loved the most. Somebody can give me a gift and it, it fills my tank a little bit. But if somebody's willing to spend 10 minutes of undivided attention with me, well, my tank fills a lot more then. So the, the things that rank higher fill the tank quicker. So we want to kind of play to our preferences. But the question was, what if you can't? Um, so as an example, like physical touch is your primary love language, you're single. You can kind of see how that's almost a recipe for disaster when we're talking about getting free of uh, porn. I mean, porn's not super physical necessarily, but certainly masturbation is, right? So it kind of makes sense that, that we would gravitate towards some of these more physical experiences if you don't have a significant other, if you're not sexually active, because in some ways that's what you crave. It's what you crave to feel loved and to get that need of yours met. So is there a healthy way to do this? You know, if we could put aside masturbation, um, you know, and it's like, okay, like I know I can pay to go get a massage. That's great. But that's not like, there's nothing personable about that. That's like a very professional experience. Um, what are some other avenues or some other options? And I loved this question and I, I, it was one of those questions where like nobody had really asked it before so I didn't have a canned answer. You know, some questions you just get asked so much that you sort of have your response pre-prepared. This was not one of those and so we, we talked it through and that's one of the things I love about our groups is that we don't, um, like I don't just answer the questions, we really talk about it as a group and I just kind of chime in where it's useful. And the guys gave some really good feedback, uh, some really good thoughts and ideas. Um, and so there's, there's kind of two trains of thought and I want to talk about both of them today. So if you're single or for whatever reason you're in a position where physical touch is your primary love language but you cannot experience it, um, the first train of thought is to find alternatives. So I already gave an example like going to get a massage 
that's physical interaction. And you know what? For some people, that's actually enough. So in the episode that we've linked in the show notes here, um, I give an example of somebody on my team, actually, one of my coaches, uh, one of the first graduates of the program, uh, not one of the first, but one of the earlier graduates of the program. And he found out that, you know, massages for him uh, did the trick. That's what he needed on a regular basis to feel loved uh, because he was single. He was in his mid to late 30s, um, didn't have any you know active kind of relationships. And so for him, he just had to find other ways. And that did the trick. Now, if you're kind of like, okay, Cynthia, that's professional, but I need something more personal. Uh, physical touch in friendships can go a long way. Hugs, handshakes, uh, fist bumps, elbow taps, foot taps. You know, there's lots of different ways that we can experience physical touch uh, with with our friendships. You know, in, in a way that is kind of safe and appropriate. And obviously, it depends on gender. Gender. It depends on age. It depends on a myriad of factors, but the point is uh, there are alternatives and ways that you can kind of, uh, you know, get it met to some degree. Now, I do believe that this train of thought and this solution is incomplete, uh, but I, I think it's a start and it's something to consider. Um, and I, I mentioned this first because uh, the second train of thought is quite different. And if you didn't get the first train of thought I just provided, you may be tempted to... Um, I would say maybe over respond to the lack of opportunity to get physical touch in your single state. Here is the second train of thought. The second train of thought is essentially that you double down on your next closest love language. So if physical touch is first, what's second and how can you maybe increase your input or your output in that area? to compensate for the lack of physical touch. So one of the guys um, in our group, he, he used physical touch and quality time. So for him, uh, what he was realizing is that when he meets with people over Zoom, he finds it really frustrating because it's kind of quality time, but it's not in person, so there's no physicality to the experience, or at least not to the same degree as when they actually hang out in person. And he was realizing that actually it's not about physical contact for him, it's about physical presence. So he just realized he needs to find ways to meet with people in person and maybe migrate a few of his regular contacts from a Zoom connection to something that's more physical, more in person. Um, Another guy was physical touch first and words of affirmation second. So that one is actually quite nice because there are ways to get words of affirmation. You know, whether it's a romantic relationship or friendship, uh, with this being one of my top love languages, I've actually made a written record of positive and encouraging words that people have spoken over me over the years. It's a wonderful source of encouragement for me and it really helps me keep my love tank full. And I've talked about how this document has helped me, you know, make decisions and all that kind of stuff because I also record Uh, prophecies and and words that I feel like God has spoken about me or over me, Um, either uh, not actually directly, these are all from other people. Um, So they really all do fill my love tank. When I read through them, I feel loved, I feel hopeful, I feel good about myself, and and I feel like I can do the things God's called me to do. So um, there's there's lots of ways around that, and you can kind of see how in that situation, um, there might be ways that you can experience words of affirmation in a way that um, at least temporarily compensates for the lack of physical touch. 
So when you get into a relationship, you know, and you want to really honor the Lord with your boundaries, you don't want to take things too far. You don't want things to get hot and heavy quickly because that can happen. What you want to try to do is play to your other love languages because remember, each of your love languages fills your love tank. They all do the job. It's just that your top love language does it a little bit more efficiently. But the other languages are totally capable of getting that love or that love tank full. It's just a matter of you figuring out how. Now, the reason for the two trains of thought is because we don't want to neglect our primary love language. We want to try to experience physical touch. If that's what it is, you want to try to experience physical touch as much as possible within what's reasonable and appropriate in your existing relationships. But then what we also want to do is rather than putting all of our eggs in that basket alone, we want to try to distribute them to some of the other love languages that maybe are not quite as impactful, but still have an impact nonetheless. And this is a huge part of personal development and maturation, both emotionally, mentally, and relationally, is learning to identify your needs and figuring out the best ways to get them met. And secondly, having psychological flexibility to adapt when the outlets and the methods that you are accustomed to are no longer an option for one reason or the other. And that psychological flexibility is what allows you to pursue getting your love tank filled through the other love languages instead of physical touch when you're single. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that gives you a little bit of a framework here for what we're dealing with and just how to go about handling some of these funny nuances that come with love languages and relationships and everything else. Now, if you have a particular love language profile that you're going, Sathya, um, thanks for this. This was great. But actually, um, I have a different primary love language and I don't know how to get it met given my current set of circumstances. Send me an email. Let me know what they are. I'd be happy to do another episode on this or you and I could correspond directly. Um, but I'm really passionate about this subject and I really do believe that the love languages change lives. They change relationships and they change people personally as well. And, and that's where we've kind of integrated it into our system because I, I think it just gives people a really good understanding of what's required for them to feel satiated in their relationships, in their uh, connection with God and within themselves. So that's everything for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this episode has helped you lead your life with confidence and integrity. I'm cheering you on and I wish you an amazing day. We'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.